0: We're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 6 and I will read to you from verse 24 onwards. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 24 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Open my ears to hear your truth. Open my mind to receive your truth open my heart to keep your truth let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of god the father and the lord jesus christ speak lord i will listen and obey in jesus name i pray amen 2nd Kings chapter 6, now we'll read from verse 24 onwards. And it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And indeed, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cob of Dal droppings for five shekels of silver. Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, saying, Help my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the winepress? Then the king said to her, What is troubling you? And he answered, This woman said to me, Give your son that we may eat him today. And we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes. And as he passed by on the wall, the people looked and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. Then he said, God do so to me and more also the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat remains on him. Today, but Elisha was sitting in his house and the elders were sitting with him and the king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, do you see how the son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? While he was still talking with them, there was a mess, there was the messenger coming down to him. And then the king said, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? I'm going to stop right here as the spirit of the Lord wants me to. Now, as you may recall, the Lord spoke to us on the first of this year from this very section. So I encourage you to go back and listen to the message that the Lord gave for us on the first New Year's day i believe during our watch night service when the lord gave us the promise for the year and also uh, the message that contained the promise for the year but today's message is not from that which the lord spoke on the new year's day but there's something else that god wants to speak here which can go along with what the lord spoke i don't know what he's going to say because he just gave me the word now so we are just going to go through with whatever the Lord is going to speak to us and take that to heart for this month of August and beyond, which will always go in line with what the Lord has spoken during the prime months and the beginning of the year. And so just pay attention to what the Spirit of the Lord has for us. I'm just going to go back a little more, scrolling up. I'm going to stop here at specific verses as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. So we're just going to read those and see what the Lord has for us. Now, verse 24 says that that there was a siege there where, where the people of Samaria were not able to go outside and people outside were not able to come inside because you had the enemy over there. He was surrounding them. And so because of that, they were not able to buy anything. They also had a famine. So when... The famine was there and you have an army around people were not able to have anything to eat the situation where they were in is uh, described here where a woman who wanted to eat planned with another woman to eat their own children this is really um, terrible Mothers are supposed to give their lives for their children, but you see the opposite. They are sitting there and talking about eating their own children. Think about the situation in this nation. And this nation is supposed to be God's nation. Look at the condition, spiritual condition and the physical condition of the people who are supposed to be the people of God. They supposed to be people who are supposed to cry out to God and say, "Oh God, we don't have food, and Lord, give us the rain and season, or oh Lord, drive out the enemy so that we can get food." They could have called out to the Lord, but you don't see any of those things happening here. Instead, you see them going from bad to worse, where they don't have food. Instead of crying out to God, they are becoming more and more monstrous here. They said, "Let's eat our children," and one day. One mother eat her own child with the other one there. And you have two monsters sitting here with a murderous spirit eating their own child and going for the next one the next day. Such a horrible state the nation was in. Now when the king is passing by, he is hearing of what is happening and even he didn't have the heart to Look at the people and say, what has happened over here? Look how terrible the people are. Nobody is crying out to God. And you know when he actually tore his clothes? When he heard how extreme the situation was. Until then, he was walking around. Yes, there is a famine. Yes, there is a siege there. Yes. People are going through this. Obviously, the king has food in his house. He's walking back and forth. People are starving there. But no one has called out to God yet. When a person hits rock bottom, that person has the opportunity whether to turn to God or to get bitter against God. You either turn to God or you become bitter against God. When you turn to God, you live. When you get bitter against God, you're not going to live. So it's important when you hit a dead end, don't wait till you hit a dead end. I'm saying if you hit a dead end, instead of trying to break your head over the dead end, go and break your heart before God. A person who humbles himself or herself in the presence of God and say, Lord, help me. God will come to your rescue. You see here, the situation was so bad. It can't get any worse than this. It's so bad. It's so bad. Look at what's happening in the home of these two women. It's not even some of the murderer out there is coming to get some child that's in the street. That's bad. But this, these are mothers What are they doing there? In order for them to live, they kill their own children. That's the plan. How different is this from what we see in our days, in our society? In order for a woman to continue partying, she goes and she kills her own child. In order for a woman to... And not have the inconvenience of having another child, she goes and kills her own child. Men do too. In order for a woman to say that, I want to go to school, what does she do? She goes and kills her own child. In order for a woman to say, I want to be uh, not bothered by another child, that's more work, she goes and kills her own child. Very similar, right? You see how the society has gotten so low, so low. And when the demonic spirits take hold of a person, the natural affection that God has placed inside of a human being just disappears. It disappears. The Bible says people will become lovers of themselves more than lovers of God and natural affection will go and all these things God has said. When will that happen? When will that happen? When God is not in the scene. And people give themselves more and more and more to the God of this age, the God of this world, who is Satan himself. So when Satan becomes the object of worship, when a person does whatever Lucifer says, what happens at that time There's this hardening of heart that takes place because they become just like the one they worship, they bow down to. So when Satan comes and says, be immoral, and they bow down to morality, they take upon themselves the nature of the devil. When Satan says, okay, go and cheat that person, rob that person, kill that person, they do that. They take upon the nature of Satan. That's when they open the door to demonic spirits. Whenever someone partners with darkness in their mind, they open the door to demonic spirits, demonic realm, and demons come and sit there. And they say, this is my house, I will be there. That's what was happening to these women there, and that's what is happening to many men and women here in the U.S. and all over the world. When they say that we will kill, and we will say, it's okay, it's my right, because I want to live, so I kill my own child. And they're proud of it too. That's the worst part. Here, when this was happening, the king was not concerned about the moral nature of these women, but he's saying that all is no, that happening is because of God. Because they don't have food, they're doing this. Oh yeah? Because you don't have food, you go eat your own child? Something is fundamentally wrong there. But you see how far gone this king was. He's actually not seeing the problem for what it is. But he's actually looking at the symptom of the disease. He's blaming God for the symptom of the disease. The disease came from Satan, not from God. But we need to understand this. God, God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of your problems. God is not the author of calamities. Sin brings problems. Sin brings confusion. Sin opens the door to the demonic realm and the demonic spheres. But Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. So when we come in contact with the Holy Spirit, when we come in contact with the presence of God, when we come in contact with the power of God, God comes and he drives away not only the demons that are there, but he comes to take away the base that is there where the demons are sitting. May the spirit of God speak to your hearts at this hour. Our God, when he comes, he doesn't do a, a, a job that is not a thorough job. He doesn't say, well, I'm just going to take away whatever is afflicting you, but he comes to deal with the base. You know, when a person brings in demonic spirits as a base there. Without the base, demons won't come there. If uncleanness is there, then you you see roaches come, flies come. You see all kinds of unclean insects and bugs and creatures and worms come there. Why? Because it had what? It drew it to that place. So when you look at evil spirits, evil spirits will never Get into a person, dominate a person, control a person, make them do things. You know that people who say, "Oh, the devil made me do this." The devil made you do this. So, what did you have within you for the devil to come and make you do this? There has to be a base. Without a base, Satan cannot operate in the life of someone or through someone. So, the base is dealt by God. He comes and he deals with that base. He removes that base out of the lives of the people who come to the Lord and say, Lord, I want this out. So he's not only taking away the symptoms, but he takes the root of that disease itself out. Spiritual or physical, whatever it may be, God says he will deal with the root of it. This is who our God is. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. I want you to pay close attention to what the spirit of the Lord is speaking. You see, there's a problem here. You see that these women are not the way they were created by God. They don't have that affection for their children. They are not there looking at the face. The child is saying, this child is hungry. This child has to eat. God, somehow, what can I do to give this child the food that the child needs? That's the mother that God created. But this motherly nature that needs to be in is not there. There's some kind of a monstrous nature that is in there. Something is wrong with this picture. Now, the king who is there, he represents the people. And you see that the people are a reflection of him. And he is looking at this. And when for him, it's like, oh, boy, this is happening because there's no food. Not that. If there's no food. The woman should be crying to the king for my child, saying that my child is hungry, king. Give my child some food. Look what's happening now. She's actually coming singing, saying, I eat, and now I'm trying to eat hers, and she's not giving me. And the king is not even able to see. God is speaking at this hour. If you're not walking with God, you will not have the discernment to see what's wrong in your family. If you're not walking with God, you will not have the discernment to see where the problem is coming from and what is the base for that and what the real problem is. You'll be looking at the symptoms everywhere and crying over it. Oh no, look what she's doing and oh, look what is happening. But you will not see the root of the problem. You will not see what is actually happening behind the scenes. The spiritual... Discernment is very important. If you want to be successful in this world, if you want to become everything that God has called you to be, the spiritual discernment is very important to know what is happening in your home, to know what is happening in your family, to know what is happening in your children. The king did not know. All he was seeing was the symptom outside. And because he himself was not rooted and grounded in God, Because of that, what happened? His whole focus was off, and now he's upset at God. He's upset at God. And what is he saying? If the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? Now, the king can't go and cry out to God. How can he actually come to the conclusion that the Lord is not helping? What did he do in order to say that the Lord is not helping? Did he try? Did he ask her? Did you cry out to God? Or did he say that? we Will all as a nation cry out to God? No. Prayer is absent here. God is speaking to our hearts today. This is very important. Very, 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 very important. Prayer. We need to pray as Jesus said this. The widow with the unjust judge... She kept going, 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 she kept going. going. When did she stop going? When did she stop going to the king? When she got what she was going for. That perseverance is the key to getting the answers that we need to get. Perseverance is the key to getting what God has for us. If we don't go into his presence, or if we just go once and just say, well... I prayed and you know he doesn't want to give and so. So what are you going to do? If God doesn't give, do you have any other place to go to? Need to go to God. He's the only one who can turn our darkness into light. He's the only one who can turn our night into day. But do we have the character to hold on to the living God and say, Lord, I will not let you go. Just like how Jacob said. I want you to bless me, Lord. Unless you bless me, I will not let you go. It takes character. Jacob wrestled through the night. He wrestled through the night. He said, I'm not going to see Esau without getting my blessing from God Almighty. It takes perseverance. It takes faith. If you don't have faith, you cannot endure. If you don't have faith, you cannot persevere. That's when you'll easily give up. You'll say, I tried. What's the point in trying? See, anytime we ask this question, I don't think this is going to work out. And what's the point? Anyway, when we come to a place like that, we need to know you become like a deflated balloon who cannot fly anymore. That's what happens. If faith is taken out of you, you won't be able to fly. You know what Satan is after? He's not after your health. He's not after your children. He's not after your finances. I've said this before. He's not after your house. He's not after your reputation. He's not after any of those things. He can attack all those things, but he's not after those things. You know what he's after? He's after your faith. If he can shipwreck your faith, he's gotten you good. You're trapped. So in order to shipwreck your faith, what will he do? He'll try to attack your car. He'll try to attack your fridge. He'll try to attack, you know, whatever you have in your house. If that's not working, he will try to attack your children. If that's not working, he'll try to attack your health. He will try to attack all kinds of things. And put pressure after pressure after pressure to see if he can attack your faith through it. Now, what do you see in the life of Job? Satan said, let me go and destroy all of Job's cattle and everything. Let me go and destroy all of Job's. The house and the kids and everything. You see, one by one by one. Every time something happened, Job got up and worshipped God. He got up and worshipped God. and He said, oh no. I'm trying to attack a faith and it's not working. So he tried to increase more and more and more and more and more. What happened? What happened? He finally said, I'm going to put sores on your body. I'm going to put sores all over your body. Let me see. That didn't work. Then he said, okay, let me just go and frustrate your wife and move through her. And Make her speak something that will really frustrate Job. Let me see if I can then finally get my goal met. And what was the goal? To attack his faith. The Bible says there are many who have shipwrecked their faith. What happened to their faith? Their faith got shipwrecked. How? Because it was not strong. My ship was wrecked, that means something more powerful than the ship came and attacked that ship. God is asking you this question today. How strong is your faith? How strong is your weight? How strong is your faith? Can you honestly say deep within you? "Oh, take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Even if everything crashes around me. Even if everything crashes around me. I will still hold on to you, Lord, because he's faithful. Even if what we expect doesn't happen, I will still hold on to God Almighty. You know why? Because his word says, our expected end shall come from him. That's what faith is. When everything goes opposite, we know. Even if what I expect doesn't happen, I will still trust you. But I know that what I expect will happen. That's what faith is. We're not going to God because we want X, Y, and Z. We're going to God for who he is. Even if he doesn't give this, I'll still go to God. But the best part is he will always give to his children his very best. Our God is a good God. So when that faith is affected, then what happens? That faith becomes now like a deflated balloon. After that, you can't fly anymore. You're on the ground. And then Satan will beat you up. That's when the faith can get shipwrecked. So anytime Satan tries to come. And give you a problem. Always remember. He's trying to attack your faith. He's trying to attack your faith. Satan is not after. What you have. On the outside. He's after you. On what you have. On the inside. Which is. Precious faith. The Bible calls it the most precious faith. So this faith is very important for you to hold on to. Now, no matter what happens, we know God works all things together for our good. According to whatever he has planned. Your good, his glory, according to his plan. That means there is a plan. Whatever you may be going through in your life, always know this: that there is an end date. Just like the start date, there's an end date. If there's a battle that is going on, you know that there's a demonic battle that's happening, and you open the door somewhere, and Satan has come inside, and he's just, you know, having his way in your house, and he is he's having a way in in your body, he's having a way in your family. No matter what happens, you open the door. Okay, now what you do? Don't open the door. But if you open the door. It's going to be a war zone. Satan will come. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's all over in your life. When that happens, what do you do? It is at that moment you call unto the living God and say, Lord, help me. I open the door. Now look at your situation and see. What are the doors I open? How do I close it? Close it. You do your part. The spirit of God will come and he will give you the breakthroughs you need. He will come and say, I will bring you out of this. Let me tell you this. God's will is never for you to stay in sin. So if you need deliverance, God will deliver you. God's will is never for your children to stay in sin. So if they need deliverance, God will deliver. As much as you want deliverance, God wants them to be delivered. God doesn't want any one of your family members to stay in the camp of the enemy, not even for another second. Do you know that? God doesn't want his children or his children's children to go and stay in the camp of the enemy or to be a victim of his enemies. The will of God is to bring your family out. When the cries of the children of Israel turned into groanings, God sent Moses the deliverer. Yeah, there was a process that took place. During the process, what happened to the children of Israel? Did God send Moses to the children of Israel and say, hey, we're going to go to Egypt, and now we're going to just say, Pharaoh, let go. And if Pharaoh doesn't let go, God is going to come strike all the firstborn. After that, we're all going to go. Next day, gone. No. No. God was doing miracles there. He didn't do things overnight. You know why? Because he wanted to strengthen the faith of the children of Israel. Before they could even leave Egypt, God showed his power so that the children of Israel can believe in the Lord and believe in Moses, the servant of God, who was going to lead them to the promised land. Don't lose heart. The Lord God, who is faithful in all his ways, will give you your expected end. What is your end? What are you expecting? Are you expecting deliverance? Are you expecting healing? Are you expecting salvation? Are you expecting whatever is of the will of God? Know this for sure. You will have your expected end. You will, absolutely. But in the process, when your faith is tested, it's so important for you not to let the enemy attack your faith. He will try, but your faith shouldn't crumble. In order for your faith not to crumble, in order for you to receive your expected end, you need to surround yourself in the presence of God, with the presence of God. Here, this king, he was not walking right with God. He was an Israeli king. He did all the rituals. But he had no connection whatsoever with the living God. His people had no connection whatsoever with the living God. And, a result of, and as a result of that, they are, doing ungodly things no one is able to even pinpoint that and say that you shouldn't be doing this you should be calling out to the lord no so now he got upset and he's saying if god has not answered you if he doesn't help you where can i find help for you where can i find help for you tell me one scripture in the bible one scripture in the bible Where God's people went to the Lord and asked for help. And God said, well, I can't help you. No, there's not a single scripture in the Bible. Anytime people go to God, God says, I'll answer you. Call unto me in the day of trouble and I will answer you and you shall glorify me. Is God a man to lie? No. When you go to God, when you ask him, God will answer you. They cried and they cried, turned into groanings. And there came Moses. God spoke to Moses, sent Moses to the people of Israel to bring them out of the bondage of the Egyptians. We heard this testimony today. Not many of you can testify. You have similar, many, many, many testimonies there, here. But since we heard this testimony today, I want to bring this up that the Holy Spirit wants me to. This is a result of prayer. A prayer that was going on for a while. But God heard that prayer. And God sent someone. To bring them to the presence of God. To get the deliverance they needed. That prayer is so important. And heeding to what the Lord says. And doing what God wants you to do. Being in the presence of God is very important. There. You meet with the living God. Where the anointing of God is. There deliverances so we see here this man did not have the insight into what was going on in his country in his family because he was blind himself the bible says jesus said this uh, a blind person cannot lead another blind both will fall into the ditch that's how they were his spiritual state was really bad and the people's spiritual state was really bad but you see the mercy of god that comes through in the midst of all of this He's basically telling her, God has not helped you and you're not going to get help. And I can't even help you. What kind of a king is he? There are many times many people are in the same predicament where they say, I want to help you, but I can't help you. I can try this. No, I can do this. And I can. We can't. As human beings, you can't. But God can. Who are we to say that God can't help you? God can. Never believe the lie of the enemy. But the enemy will say, oh, your problem is too big and you prayed so long and nothing happened. So God doesn't want to help you and God can't help you and God won't help you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you have called unto the Lord in the day of trouble, know that he will come and help you. You just need to hold on to the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will bring you out of it. Your faith is very important. That's why Satan will try to shoot that faith down because if that faith is there you can receive that which God has for you. But if he weakens your faith by causing all kinds of things to happen in front of you and you feel so tired and you feel like you want to give up and Satan is so happy because you know what? He knows just another second more that miracle is going to happen. But before that, I'm going to shoot your faith down so that you don't get your miracle. God is speaking at this hour. Wherever you are, whatever you may be going through, make sure you have your faith intact because the Lord God of miracles is coming your way. He wants to do a miracle for you. Make sure you have your faith intact. Keep that faith up. Because faith, when it meets the anointing of God, miracle is bound to happen. God has his timing. I said this a few weeks ago. Where this man came to Jesus and he cried out to him for his daughter. He said, oh, Jesus, please come and help me. My daughter is dying. It's emergency. Come help me. And Jesus said, I'll come help you. Jesus got up and now it takes some time. It's taking some time for Jesus to walk and go to this Jairus' house. While he was going, the crowd was so much around him. And then you have this woman with the issue of blood. She makes a way into the crowd and she touches the hem of his garment and and Jesus stops by and he talks to her and more time is gone. There's an emergency. Lord, my daughter is dying and Jesus knows that. It's not like he called out to Jesus and the next minute Jesus went there. Jesus is going. Once Jesus says, I'm going, I'm coming to your house, Jairus. That's all we need to know. Even if you see things getting worse and worse and worse, we know. If he said he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Yes, God is coming your way. God is coming your way. Even if it looks like, oh, the daughter is dying. She's at the verge of death. Doesn't matter. If he says he's coming, he's coming. If she's sick, he'll get her well. If she's dead, he will raise her up. This is who our God is. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine. If you're going through an impossible situation and you feel like I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and it's taking longer. This is too long. Know that your time is coming closer. It's coming closer. It's coming closer. If Jesus has given his word that he will set you free, he will make sure he will do it for you. He will do it for you. He himself will do it for you. But in the meantime, your faith has to be intact. Jesus looked at Jairus. And Jairus thought, oh no, this woman, she got healed. But my daughter is going to die. It's taking longer. And Jesus is standing and talking to her. And you know how impatient could a person be? There's, there are times when some people need healing and somebody comes in the middle and you can see the other person getting agitated and they're getting upset with this person and look at you, you're coming to take my time away and why don't you talk some other time? And and my daughter is you know, in is in need and it's an emergency and, and look at this Jesus. Jesus has no understanding when to stop and when to talk. And there are people who are like that. They all say, pastor doesn't know when to talk and pastor doesn't know how long to talk. And they have no idea how the spirit of God is working. It's a test for you. God wants to do something during that time. Patience is a mark of faith. It is important to wait. It's important to wait for your turn. It's important to wait for your time. It's important to let the Lord do what he has to do. You can't stop him from doing what he's going to do anyway. But you can deprive yourself from receiving that which God has for you by complaining and murmuring and bringing your faith down and getting your doubts up. But if you want to receive that which God has for you, you need to be like Jairus. You need to be, not like this king who said that, oh, if God is not helping, I can't do anything. Who said God is not helping? That sentence itself is from the devil. God is ready to help his people. Even in the case of people completely leaving God, when they repent and come to him, God comes to their rescue. God is faithful. So no matter where you are at this point in your life, no matter what you may be going through, know that if you turn around and you say, Lord, I need mercy. I will come to you. Help me. God will see your true repentance and he will be there to fix your problem. No matter how big your problem is, no matter how deep your burden may be buried under. God says, I will come and rescue you. I'll come and rescue you. You may be buried under a deep burden. But God says, I will come and rescue you. I will come and rescue you. Do you have this faith? Do you have this faith? That if I call on the Lord, his word says he will answer me. He will answer me. You may be waiting. Jairus was waiting too. Maybe may be seeing other people getting delivered. Your time is coming. You just need to stick with Jesus. You just need to walk with Jesus. What did Jesus do after that? He went with Jairus. And he looked at Jairus and he said one thing. Only belief. Only belief. That's what is needed. The Lord God of heaven and earth is going to do something. There's a shift that is coming in this month of August. It's a very good month. God is going to do something very significant in this month of August. All the prophecies God has spoken for us during the past seven months and each and every single month, God has fulfilled it to the dot. This month, what God is going to do as the Lord speaks, it's very important for us to be people who gather that and believe that and give yourself to that word and meditate on it to make it your own. Manna was given, but the children of Israel had to go outside and gather it. The word of God comes. The prophetic word of God comes. It's so important for us to take it by faith and make it your own. Eat it so that it will nourish you and bring about that which God has promised. For not a single word that God has spoken shall fall to the ground. And so this man, he says he says, God can't help you and I can't help you. And he got upset and he's Showing how upset he was over this. Now let's just go here to verse thirty. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes, and as he passed by on the wall, the people looked, and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. Then he said, "God do so to me and more also, if the head of Elisha the son of Shaphat remains on his on him today." He got look so upset so upset, what is he being filled with? Rage. Anger. Anger at God. Anger at the prophet of God. Instead of calling the prophet of God and and asking the prophet of God to intercede on their behalf, he's actually saying that I'm going to kill the prophet of God. Is that going to do any good? Think about that. What was satan doing satan was working through the king to kill god's servant the king was not there to bring blessing to the people the king was actually partnering with the devil speaking against god speaking against god's servants speaking you know that he wants to kill god's servant what kind of a wisdom is that it's foolishness can you stand against god and try to bring any kind of relief to your people or to yourself no There's this evil spirit that is working through this king. But you see how faithful God is. Elisha, the prophet, was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. Verse 32. And the king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, Do you see how this son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? This man carrying the murderer's spirit. Is sending someone to kill the prophet. Now, Elisha the prophet was not afraid of him at all. But he wanted to say something. Know that. God cares. You said God didn't help you? You never came to God. God was sure that you're wrong. God cares. God cares. If you have any kind of a thought or a voice in your head, saying that God doesn't care. Why is this happening to me? Look what is happening to me. Know that, that voice is the voice of the murderer, not the voice that is there to help you. That's the voice that's standing there to see how it can take away the blessing that God has for you. But because God loves you, God wants to give this word to you today, just like how he get through, gave through Elisha to show that God cares about you. God cares about you. God cares about you. And the word that God says. If you believe. Yes, there's a famine. Yes, the situation is really bad. Yes, the problem is so real. Nobody is denying that. There is a famine. Very bad. Yes, there's a siege that's out there. The enemies are there. Everything looks opposite. Everything looks opposite. It's very true. But God says he's able to over. Turn everything. God is able to overturn everything and God wants to overturn everything. That's the word of God for you today. God wants to overturn everything as hard as it may appear. As opposite as it may look. As lifeless it may seem to be. God says, this word of God, God is bringing to you at this hour. The Lord says, I'm going to just turn this around. God is going to turn this around. In this month of August, you're going to see that turning overtaking place. God is going to turn this around. There's going to be a shift that is going to take place. God is going to turn this around. Is it possible? Is it possible for it to happen so fast? The Lord said, you will see with your eyes if you believe. Our God is a God who does things suddenly. And we are in that calendar, the time period of God's move. Where God is moving things. And in this month of August, the Lord says, God is going to bring about that shift. Where the shift will take place. Where this hardness of heart will begin to melt. The shift will take place. Where the spirit of God will breathe upon the lifeless. The shift will take place. Where this famine that is there all of a sudden will disappear. And will be replaced with an overflow. God is speaking to us at this hour. There's a shift that is take, that is going to take place. Where? The enemies who are surrounding. All of a sudden. They are driven away. These are many kinds of things that the Holy Spirit is speaking. And according to your circumstance. And according to your faith. You will begin to see things beginning to turn. Beginning this month of August. And while... He was still talking with him. There was the messenger coming down to him and the king said, surely this calamity, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Was he waiting for God? He didn't even pray. Why should I wait for this Lord any longer? The people didn't pray. They were all taking matters into their own hands. They were doing their own thing. Now he's saying, why should I wait for the long any longer i want to speak on this for a minute what is waiting on the lord waiting on the lord is not just simply sitting and saying somehow he'll do it and when he wants to do it he will do it no waiting on the lord is holding on to the promises of god and doing what he wants you to do while you're waiting that means whatever he tells you to do while you're waiting by faith you do it knowing that while you do what he tells you to do what he has promised will come to pass i want to say it one more time the waiting on the Lord is not simply sitting and not doing anything. Waiting on the Lord is stop doing what you're doing on your own and start doing what God is telling you to do. That means you put a hold on everything that is opposite to oh, that which God would want you to do. That means you're going to stop completely, put a full stop to operating in the flesh. You put a full stop to doing Things your way. You put a full stop to taking matters into your own hands. And now you're going to wait. Wait what? Wait on the Lord. That means you wait for his orders like a waiter who will wait. You need to go to God and say, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I will do what you say I need to hear from you and whatever God tells you to do. That's what you do. That is faith. You praise him while you're waiting. You pray while you're waiting. And whatever he tells you to do, that's all you do while you're waiting. You don't take matters in your own hands. That means if God says don't speak, then you don't speak. If the Lord says, speak now, you speak now. The Lord says, write this, you write this. If the Lord says, don't write this, you don't write this. It's so important to follow exactly what the Lord would want you to do. Nothing more and nothing less. This guy says, why should I wait any longer? Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Elisha says this. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, a she of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two shays of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose And the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? He said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. The rest of the story, you can go home and read it. I encourage you to really read it. It will really bless you. Now, the prophet of God is telling tomorrow by this time, the famine will be gone in short. Tomorrow, by this time, you will have an overflow in short. Two things he said. Your famine will be gone. He'll be replaced by an overflow. God is speaking at this hour. It's a prophetic word from God. Pay close attention to this. What you see today will become a non-existent thing tomorrow. And the tomorrow is God's time. Always remember that. It's not literally tomorrow, get up and say, oh, no, that tomorrow is coming. What you see today will be a non-existent thing tomorrow. It's not that your sorrow shall be taken away. No, Jesus said this, your sorrow shall be turned into joy. He didn't say your weeping will be taken. No, no, your weeping Will be replaced with shouts of laughter. This is God's word. Famine will be replaced. With God's overflow. Your famine. Spiritual famine. Physical famine. Material famine. Whatever famine you may be experiencing at this time. God says he has the power. To remove that famine. And replace that with an overflow. God will remove that and replace that with an overflow. The question is, do you believe that? In spite of the famine that you're seeing in front of you, in spite of what you see, in spite of whatever is staring before you, are you willing to believe the word of the Lord? Do you believe that God is able to replace this famine with his overflow? The guy said, oh, even if God opens windows in the heavens, can such a thing happen? Think about that. What did you think God was capable of at that point? No matter what you're facing before you, never say what he said, because God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. If you have a famine, go to him and tell him, Lord, take away this famine. He will take away your spiritual famine and he will take away your physical famine. God is able to do both. But are you willing to believe that? Are you willing to believe that? Are you willing to believe that that God wants to help you? Don't be like this king of Samaria. Are you willing to believe God and not believe the devil? The devil will come and say all oh, kinds of things in your ears. He'll say, what's the point? And why should you do this? And how long should you wait? And do you know that your answer is coming? Do you know that every time you pray, God hears it? Do you know that you're not praying to a God who is dead? He's alive. Do you know that you're praying to a God who has compassion on you? Even if it looks like it's taking longer. Do you know that? The word says, if you ask and keep on asking, you will receive. Only when you receive, you stop asking. Our God is faithful. If he said that he will do something, he will do it. He will do it. As we sing, he will do it for me, what he did for his people over and over and over again, because my God is able. Because he was capable of doing this, he spoke through his prophet, Elisha. He said, tomorrow by this time, The famine will be gone. Tomorrow by this time, you will have an overflow. Tomorrow by this time, your famine will be gone. Tomorrow by this time, you will have an overflow. This is the word for the Lord God is giving to us for this month of August and beyond. That God, the Lord God Almighty, he says, whatever you've seen in the past seven months, whatever you've experienced, whatever you've been going through, God says, the hand of the Lord God Almighty will perform what the mouth of the Lord God has spoken this day. As long as you believe. God is going to turn your night into day. God is going to take away, he's going to take away that famine. Only God can take that away. Only God can take that famine away and replace it with an overflow in such a short time. So that tomorrow signifies a duration. Each person will have a different amount Set by God when the tomorrow will come. But it's important to hold on to the word of God until the tomorrow comes and that tomorrow will come when that moment of God comes. No one can stop. Just like with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Three days. The son of man had to be in the heart of the earth. Three days. Marked out. Beyond that, not a second. Not a day more, not a day less. Has God permitted winter to stay or to go? Not a day more, not a day less. Has God permitted spring to begin or to end? God has marked out your today. And God has marked out your tomorrow. There's a prophecy. Pay keen attention to this. God is speaking at this hour. God has marked out your today and God has marked out your tomorrow. But Do you have the faith to believe that your tomorrow will, will come and your today will be gone? When the tomorrow comes, your famine will be gone and it shall be replaced with an overflow. Whatever you're experiencing today whatever is bringing grief to your heart and tears to your eyes, whatever is giving you that burden that you feel, Lord, I'm not able to bear, I'm not able to stand, I'm just drowning in this. God says, without opening windows in the heavens, I'll do it for you. The guy said, if he opens windows in the heavens, he's such a big God, he doesn't even have to do that. You don't have to worry how he'll do it. It's not your business. You don't have to worry about how God is going to do it. That's not your business. Your business is to believe that he will do it. Because he said it. He will do it in his own grand and glorious way. Your famine today. Will become a non-existent thing. Tomorrow. When your tomorrow comes. When your tomorrow comes. When your tomorrow comes. You will know. That he is the Lord. That no famine can stand before him. No problem can stand before him. No disease can stand before him. No disaster can stand before him. No behavior can stand before him. No disorder can stand before him. No OCD can stand before him. No personality disorder can stand before him. No cancer can stand before him. No eczema can stand before him. No liver disorder can stand before him. No Crohn's disorder can stand before him. No addiction can stand before him. No illness can stand before him. Are we willing to believe that he is truly able to perform that which he has spoken? If you're willing to believe that and if you're able to hold on to the word of God today. That's the key. In your today. In your today. The today that is appointed by God. In your today. If you Have the faith to hold on to the word of God that God has spoken. When tomorrow comes, you will see the shift taking place. Sudden shift. Suddenly things will change. Suddenly. Because God himself will perform that which God spoke to you today. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for our todays. And we thank you for our tomorrows. Thank you for your word that you have spoken to us. Thank you, Lord. It is in our todays we are hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. It is in our todays we're able to come to you. Thank you for our todays. Thank you, Lord, for you will Show us your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. You looked at Lazarus sisters and you said, only believe. If you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that our tomorrow is coming. Hallelujah. Our third day you brought us to. Where the hand of the Lord will perform what the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you've already begun doing, Lord. And thank you for what you're going to do, what you're about to do, the greater things. Thank you for our tomorrows hallelujah for we know tomorrow the famine that we see today will become a non-existent thing hallelujah the famine that we see today in our families the famine that we see today in the lives of our children the famine that we see today in the bodies of God's people who are hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit at this hour will become a non-existent thing tomorrow when the tomorrow comes hallelujah So I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will cause them, Lord, to hold on to their faith, hold on to the word that God has given, that they may not shipwreck their faith and lose the blessing of God that you have for them. Strengthen your people in the name of Jesus. Strengthen your people in the name of Jesus. Strengthen the faith of every single one in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father. Break every bondage in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let no one give room to the enemy to question the power of God. Let no one give room to the enemy to even think as to how can this happen. Oh, Lord, I pray, let each and every single one have the faith to receive that which you have spoken to them this day. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, people, Father. Thank you for this month of August. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Thank you for the shift that is coming in the lives of all those who trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for your work that you're doing, your work that you've begun, and your work that you will bring to a completion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for our todays. And we eagerly wait for our tomorrows because our God has spoken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, as your servant standing in the presence of God before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the almighty God. I bless your people at this hour in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That they may walk in this blessing that you have released upon your people on this first day of this new month. Hallelujah. That they may be there to experience the miracle that you will do for them. When the tomorrow comes, Hallelujah. May they go to bed with that excitement, Lord, that you're gonna do something in the tomorrow that you have marked out for them. Oh Lord, may they receive that which you have for them. Thank you, Lord. Many things you will do behind the scenes. May they go to bed with faith. That you're working. That you are working. Hallelujah. That you're working. Hallelujah. We can't see you're working. Hallelujah. When we're sleeping, you're working. Hallelujah. You're working. To perform that which you've spoken. Lord, I pray. May your people wait for that tomorrow that you have for them. Whenever that is for them. That you've marked out for them, Father. May they wait with faith. And wait. Patiently, so that they may inherit what you have for them, Father. With this blessing, I bless your people, with, and I thank you for doing this in Jesus' most precious name. I pray, Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon us and bless us with His peace. With the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen.